0: In today's episode, I have my friend Ashley joining us to chat about how to grow your business faster and easier by being you. Ashley Sorokas is a registered holistic nutritionist, doTERRA essential oil educator, and business coach for wellness entrepreneurs, who is also a mom to an energetic little boy. She shares super transparent lessons from business and everyday life that helps busy women achieve more of their mission with less struggle, because being a mom and an entrepreneur doesn't have to be so hard. In today's episode, we talk about the trials and tribulations of being an entrepreneur, why you need a clear vision of what type of business you want to create, and why staying true to yourself will help your business to grow faster. Let's get started. Hey, Ashley, thanks so much for being here with us today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited.
0: I'm so excited too. You are one of those people that I always um, pull so much inspiration from and um, I've really been following you for so long I won't go into it too much but you know in the past we used to work together we had um I was on your doTERRA team for a little bit um I followed you online for a really long time and I feel like you're like my unofficial mentor
1: (laughs) oh god oh god that's so much pressure oh god
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes I put you in that role whether you liked it or not um But yeah, I feel like you've really been this guiding voice for me for a really long time. So I'm super excited to share you with um, everyone here today and so they get to know you a little bit more.
1: Well, thank you. I feel like you send it right back to me. And I love those relationships where you feel like, you know, you're giving out, but you're also receiving, which is not always the case, as most of us know, I'm sure. So yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that can happen a lot in business too. We're giving and maybe we're not getting back. So I'm glad that you and I can have that give and take together. So why don't you just start with sharing a little bit of your business story with us and like how you got started um, with your nutrition business and kind of where you're at now?
1: Absolutely. So I started, I feel, I'm not that old, but I feel super old when I say I've been in business for 11 years. Um, I graduated from university and I am not exaggerating when I say that my body fell apart pretty much the day that I handed in my undergrad thesis. And I had no intention, like I never studied any sorts of um, physiology or biology or anything In, in university. I have a geology degree and I was not intending to go into health. I think all of my friends from that time would laugh if they knew what I was doing today, if they didn't already know. And my body fell apart. And that led me to want to become something to do with food, to help people in some way with food, because my ultimate diagnosis was food allergies. I'm sure there was a leaky gut component, even though back then there wasn't really a lot of testing for that. So I knew that I wanted to help people who were in the same situation as me. And I only coming from the university world only knew about being a dietitian. So I looked at becoming a dietitian. But I think as we all know, you know, Canada's food guide was not very fitting or not very food allergy friendly at the time. It's much more food allergy friendly now. But you know being gluten free and egg free and dairy free i just and the thought of spending another 5 years in school when i could you know spend 5 years and be a naturopath like that just did not it didn't attract me at all so i was working with my naturopath and she mentioned to me that her friend owned a school in london ontario where i was living at the time and said you know my friend owns a school called the canadian school of natural nutrition you should check it out and she gave me her card and i looked it up and right away i was like oh my god this is what i want to do like these people will understand me with all of my, you know, limitations and, and what I want to be able to teach other people. And so I enrolled, I think within a week, like I found out about it in August, I started classes in September. Um, You know, of course, that was before kids and responsibilities and everything. So you could just kind of do whatever you wanted to do whenever you wanted to do it. But I graduated on in a full time program. So within a year, and I started my business, I actually registered my business before we graduated. So anyone who's taken CSNN, we know that classes I think went until June, and then we had July and August to study for our board exams in September. I actually registered my business with the government of Ontario in January. Right away, I was like, "No, I'm like I don't see where I knew I wanted to live, which was back in my hometown. I knew there wasn't an opportunity to work with, let's say, a supplement company or anything else." And this was 11 years ago. This was before social media was a huge thing and. Yes, maybe part of, of our everyday life, but not in the way that it is now. So when I looked at the opportunities, there really wasn't anything. So I knew I was going to have to create my own business. And so I did. And again, coming from this was before, I think even like online courses were really a thing, really before social media was so big, I only knew, you know, rent to like open up and do one-on-one consulting. So that's what it started as. It was the traditional, I rented a really expensive office in a local health food store that sent me no referrals because they were struggling themselves and they didn't have any extra business to send me. Um, I didn't know how to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know how to market. Um, I laugh when I look at my numbers because I have, and I've tracked all of my expenses and income from the very beginning, all the way back from 2007, 2008. And I think that first year, that 2008 year was like my expenses for the entire year for advertising or marketing or whatever. I kind of lumped that together was like $200. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't do anything to let anyone know that I was in business, but somehow I was surprised when I had no clients. Like I was just like, I I opened up this office and I set office hours and like, how am I not full-time in this practice yet? And Mm -hmm. it was so funny. So I tried so many things over the years, I bought an electrodermal screening machine, if anyone knows that what that is. Um, And I bought the supplements to go along with it. So I invested about $15,000 in that, I ended up selling the machine about a year later, because of the training involved with the company was not as extensive enough as I needed. The supplements literally got flushed down the toilet, like I literally flushed $5,000 down the toilet, because the majority of them expired before I could use them. Um, so when you talk about really expensive mistakes, I, I think I've made them all. Um, and and then we started getting into the phase where I learned that there were things called business coaches. And so I started investing in some business coaches and it really opened up my world to the fact that you don't, oh, you don't just sell an hour of your time for 75 or 80 or $90. You set up a package or a program and you sell like three month programs or six month programs and you decide you know, who you're going to help and you figure out this one specific program for a person with specific health issues. Like that had literally never crossed my mind. So mm. that really opened up this whole world. And then another huge thing that opened up my world was being able to take a business online. And that really came from my son being born. So my son was born in 2012. We spent 129 days with him in the hospital when he was born. And when I came out of that, it was about Feb- Actually actually today, well, like, it's been, a, it's been, it was his anniversary coming home from the hospital was February 12th. Cause it was two days Aww. before Valentine's day. And I said, I really just want him to be home for Valentine's day. And he was, and we were. And so, so funny that I just never kind of clued into that. Um, but when he came home from the hospital, you know, I had a a baby and I couldn't just take clients in the house whenever I wanted to. Um, At that point, because I had implemented kind of these signature program, a signature six month program, I had had like several clients. And even though I was not doing my business full time, I had a few on the go. And when he went in the hospital and we didn't know how long he was going to be in there, I had to get rid, I had to drop all those clients. And I refunded their money and said, I I can't, like, I couldn't think of anything but being in there with him. And so when he came out of the hospital, first of all, I knew I needed something to kind of distract me from all of the trauma that we had gone through, which isn't necessarily a healthy way of dealing it, but it was what I needed at the time. And I finally, after a couple of years of looking at it and watching these B-School launches, finally joined Marie Forleo's B-School. And it's funny because again, at the time that we're recording this, Marie Forleo was doing her once a year launch. And so B-School is everywhere right now, right? Mm-hmm. But that was really my introduction into the fact that I was not limited by my local economy and my local city and my local community. I could help anyone anywhere. And that to me, like still to this day, I'm like, what an amazing time to have a business on this earth where you literally have 8 billion potential customers. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think it's the coolest thing ever that me in little old Chatham, Ontario first of all, even has like a following of people who even want to hear what I say. Um, But second of all, like I, you can literally help anyone in any country. I just think that is so cool. And there's like no excuses of not being successful in today's day and age, depending on what you want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I took B-School. I launched my first really large scale online program, which was called Mama Mojo Um, was fairly successful with that. had a couple of like five figure launches um, and it was I didn't understand at the time that launching is like really hard launching it's it's intense there's a there's like months and months of planning before these launches and while I loved it, um, I still really wasn't making a good sustainable income and then enter doterra. So I am a doterra diamond at the time of this recording and I never intended on having a doTERRA business. It's network marketing, in case you don't know. And I was very against network marketing. I was the person who hated it. So this was 2014 after my second launch of Mama Mojo. And I honestly purchased those oils to just use for myself. So my anxiety had come back in full force um, in processing all the trauma and everything from my son. I really was not doing well, like really not doing well. And it was my naturopath that said, again, a naturopath was really important in pivoting my entire life path because a naturopath was responsible for me to even becoming a holistic nutritionist in the first place. And then a different naturopath was the one who was responsible for me to start using essential oils. So I just think it's so funny in in such parallel. Mm -hmm. Um, But she said, have you ever tried using essential oils for anxiety? There's a lot of scientific research showing how it can help you. And I was like, no, you know, whatever. So you know, bought some oils here and there, bought some at Winners, bought some at my health food store, and finally listened to a webinar by another nutritionist. And she was explaining what doTERRA is and the differences in qualities. And again, because being a nutritionist, we knew all about the food system. And we know about, you know, health washing and labeling issues and how it's such a gray area. I had never considered that essential oils would kind of be under that same umbrella. And I didn't know that there's no labeling laws in any country. And I didn't know that you can put 100% pure on any bottle of oil, regardless of whether it's completely synthetic or not. And so when I learned that, I was like, okay, well, of course, if I'm going to use essential oils, I'm going to buy the these best quality ones that are very transparent. And I started using them, was very uh, vocal about saying I would never do it as a business Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, a couple months later, my friends and I were all sick. It was cold and flu season. We all had very young children or my friends were pregnant again. And we couldn't use anything else. And so I was like, I don't know, I have these oils. I, I don't know what they are. Like, I really did not even know what they were yet, because i had only had them for a short period of time. And I just gave them some oils because I felt bad for them, not ever intending to sell them or do classes or anything. But they all started asking so many questions. And again, being a mom... I was just like, what's the most time-efficient way I can teach all these people the very limited information that I have on these oils? And so I was like, okay, well, I'll do this class. And I did a class and it ended up, you know, being what it is today, four years later with 6,500 customers on our team in like 14 or 15 countries worldwide. Like I never could have imagined what that is. So, you know, it's really come full circle for me. I no longer do one-on-one practice, because I don't have to, um, all of my time and energy goes into creating resources for free for my doTERRA team. I still get to talk about all the things I talked about before and provide our customers all that education without the pressure of booking that program for six months and making that, you know, 1500 or $2,000 and spending 10 hours with them. It's, I spend an hour educating and it reaches 3000 people that I mm-hmm. all get essentially get paid for in some way or another. So it's, it's been really full circle. There's been a lot of growth. Um, I, if you would have asked me 10 or 11 years ago where I'd be today, it certainly would not be here. And, um, you know, it's, it's I just look back at the journey and just thank my lucky stars that I was able to absorb new information and, and more and I guess new opinions and new lessons from people that I didn't even think I would ever learn lessons from. So it's just been really interesting.
0: Yeah, that's an incredible story. And I i mean, I've heard it a few times and every time I hear it, I'm like reminded of how incredible <laughs> you've been to persist through so many challenges. Um, and, you know, life throws so many things at us all the time, you know, whether it's family stuff, our own health stuff. And we really have to learn how to, um, I don't necessarily think balance is adapt, the right word. Adapt. Yeah, Everything adapt, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because we need to be able to, run the business and deal with the real life stuff at the same time. So I I really love that you shared that with everyone because I'm sure a lot of people can see themselves in you, in you and what you've experienced. Well,
1: and I mean, I still look at people who have bigger businesses than me and I don't know how these people get up on a pedestal. Cause like I know some of these people personally and I know they're not perfect, but you look at them and you're like, Oh, they, well, they must have perfect health and the perfect marriage and perfect kids and everything's perfect. And they never are like they never are. And so it's always nice to have that perspective of that big person, that huge online business owner that you think has it all figured out. None of us have it all figured out. We are constantly learning. Everything is constantly changing. I think more now than ever. I mean, you maybe get comfortable on social media platform and then it completely changes. Like, I just lost mm-hmm. 70 Instagram followers overnight. And I'm like, how the hell did that happen?
0: That happened right? to me too. And I think it literally just, happened to me too. Yes.
1: And they just like, but like everything is changing so quickly that mm-hmm. I don't think any of us has, should have the time or energy to be sitting here watching someone else. And I don't know, just like idolizing them because like truly... I don't think any of us are in a position to be able to do that, even though I totally do that too. But, you know, I have people that, and, you know, they're lovely. I'll have people that I will put up a post on Instagram or an Insta story, and they're literally messaging me within like a minute of me putting up that post. And while that's Mm -hmm. great, at the same time, I know that they have a business that they're trying to grow. But like, I'm not kidding. I don't, it doesn't matter if I post at 9 a.m., noon, 5 p.m., 9 p.m., 10 p.m., they're always messaging. And I'm like, okay, like, why are you on Instagram all this time? Or are you getting a note? Like if you're getting a notification, why do you still have notifications on? I know you have a business to grow. Go grow your business. Why oh, are yes. you sitting here replying to all of my shit all day? Like <laughs> go grow your business people. It's just, it's so interesting sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah. Sitting back and, and kind of seeing the people who are maybe at the beginning of their journey. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I feel like I have it all figured out, but it's definitely, it's it's definitely, you realize how far you've come, whether you've been quote unquote successful or not, you can always look back on your journey and see the lessons and the wisdom that you've acquired along the way. And regardless of whether you can see that reflected in your bank account or not, or on followers on social media or whatever vanity number you're looking at, there is so much value in learning those lessons,
0: mm-hmm. period. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I heard this the other day um, somewhere online where um, this coach was explaining that, you know, a lot of us coming out into the business world now with everything at our f- fingertips, we um, just assume that everything is going to line up for us. And she likened it to like climbing a mountain, but wanting to start three quarters of the way up. Yeah but, and that's what a lot of people these days that, you know, they want to get everything quick and handed to them, um, which I think is just a problem in our society. It's just what it is where if you didn't do that, you know, beginning, you know, climbing the mountain from the bottom, all the way to the top, you haven't, you don't have that grit and that determination and all of those learning opportunities to really, truly appreciate when you're at that top of the mountain. Yeah.
1: There's another leader in doTERRA and she says, you can't skip the steps. If your Mm -hmm. results show that, let's say it's a rank in network marketing, or maybe it's an income level in your business. If you're not doing network marketing, regardless of whatever it is, if you hit this level of success, but you haven't actually done the work behind the scenes, that success is going to be temporary. And -hmm. you're going to fall back at some point to whatever step you are at to where you did the work. And we mean Mm -hmm. doing the work, like the mindset work, the personal development work, the getting the blocks out of your way work, regardless I, it's so funny. Before I started doTERRA, I didn't think I had money issues. I didn't think I had like money mindset issues. I don't mean, I, I mean, I had a lot of hell of a lot of debt. But I mean, I didn't think I had, I, I remember I would hear entrepreneurs like Denise Duffield Thomas say, you know, I know a lot of people who sabotage, like a lot of women who sabotage themselves in making money. And I worked at a bank at, a, at the time. So I was very comfortable talking about, you know, giving someone a $300,000 mortgage, or seeing someone's $500,000 in investments. And I really honestly thought that I did not have money mindset issues until I started making a certain amount in doTERRA. And then I was like, oh my God, I have so many money mindset issues. I didn't even <laughs> know they were there. Yeah. Same thing as yeah. confidence issues. Like You might be, feel like the most confident person in the world and then something happens in your business or maybe you get to a certain level of visibility where all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, like people are watching. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you get hit with just this knock in your self-esteem that you could have never seen coming because you didn't even know it was there. Yeah. It's like all that we learned in nutrition school, right? Like I, like, I wish I could go back to the day where I didn't know how screwed up our food system was because Mm -hmm. now when I go to the grocery store, all I can think of is like, oh, the pesticides and that and look at that's labeled and all this preservative does. Like, I wish I could just stop thinking about it, but you can't you can't unlearn what you know. Um, and that's such a good, you know, an- uh, analogy of climbing that mountain. Yeah. Everyone either thinks it's a straight up path or thinks, you know, they're looking at someone's step 100 and they haven't even taken step one yet. Exactly. And they're comparing themselves to that person's step 100. And it's like, you can't compare, it's like comparing apples to oranges. You can't. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've talked about that in a prior episode of like, I think we, because of social media, we want to look at these people and be like, why are they so much further ahead than I am? But we don't take into account. Um, how long they've been in the business, the struggles they've had, the experience. And a lot of the time, maybe the truthfulness, or, or sorry, how can I say this? Um, the vision that's being put out or the external thing that's being shown might not align with what's actually going on in that oh, internal business.
1: absolutely. That's why I try to be transparent because I know so many people will say, oh, I'm a six-figure owner or I'm a million-dollar business owner, but their expenses are like 90% of what they spent. Like anyone can can shortcut the race. And if you have enough money, you can buy the followers. Mm -hmm. You can pay for the leads. You can do all of that in order to make your six figures or whatever amount it is that you want to make. But at the end of the day, what matters is can you pay your bills with how much money is left over? Mm -hmm. And if you have a $100,000 business, a six-figure business, but you're spending $75,000 of it, well, then you really only have a $25,000 business. Well, that's not sexy. No one wants to sit yeah. here on social media and be like, I have a $25,000 business. Deal. Although that probably sounds great to some of you, right? Like if you're making, I remember when I was making no money, I'm like, oh my God,
0: I would just kill for like $2,000 a month. Totally. Right? Totally. I don't mean even to laugh at that. I feel bad that I laugh now, but more so just because you, it just shows that perspective of how it's like the new thing is to say, my $100,000 business, oh. my 10, 10 months. And at the beginning, that feels so inaccessible and you'd just be happy to make $100, yes. $200. So it's like, All of this gets so blown up and it just, it it very much can create a poor sense of self. And it can really make you question if showing up as you is enough. Or showing up as the
1: way you want to do it. So I think it's also very normal now when we would not have even heard of this 10, 15, 20 years ago is if you had a friend, let's say like, you know, a trend right now is also like the life, the laptop lifestyle. Where like, mm-hmm. you can work from anywhere and like, let's just all quit our jobs and, you know, go on an RV trip or like go to Bali and live there for six months or whatever your definition of that is, right? But 10 years ago, if you knew one person that actually traveled the world like that, you'd be like, oh my God, let me tell you about this one friend who's like crazy. Mm-hmm. and tra- But now... Like every other person on Instagram is like some lifestyle blogger from wherever and they wear like all these name brand clothes and they're on like, they're like, they're in Greece on those whatever white rooftops are like over the day. They're all (laughs) in the same places, right? Like it's so, I don't want to say cliche because that's still amazing, but whatever it is, it's like, but maybe that's not what you want. Mm-hmm. And maybe trying to live that lifestyle like you don't know whether that person just had an attack of parasites because they ate whatever from a food stall, but they have a sponsored post that they're required to put out for a specific company by X and X date. And so they have to pull themselves up by the bootstraps and put on some makeup and make themselves look presentable because they're being paid $500 for to wear this particular dress in this area, right? Like you just you never know. It's like an iceberg. Yes. You only see yeah. the top, little tiny tip of what's going on in a business.
0: Ever? Yeah, I love that analogy, the iceberg one. I share that a lot with my clients too. It's like people see the success, but there's so much work underneath. Yeah. Um, and I think when we see all of these influences on the outside, especially when we're starting our business and we see the you know quote unquote success of all of these other people it can really make us question ourselves and question our skills and question our personality and and really truly feel like there's no space for us to fit.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think what really that comes down to is getting very clear on what you want that success to be for you. Mm-hmm. One person's success might be traveling the world for a year, you know, and being able to go wherever they wanted, and another like that to me sounds like my own version of hell. Like I am not a traveler. I don't, I I have a lot of anxiety, especially when I'm outside of my house and I can't like control every single little thing. There's still a lot of anxiety around food of, am I going to be able to find food that I'm going to be able to eat because I do have some restrictions. Um, I'm just a homebody. Like I was talking to someone this morning and they're like, they're like, yeah. So like when it's a, like, I still felt like, even though there was an ice storm the other day, I wanted to like get out of the house. I'm like, oh, if I didn't leave the house for a month at a time, I would be totally happy. And like I would mm-hmm. not think that there's anything wrong with that. My husband's like, you need to go outside with the real <laughs> people, and I'm like, why, why? Yeah. But like <laughs> maybe that's my definition mm-hmm. of success is being able to, other than my son's school schedule, where you know I guess we could homeschool if we wanted to, but yeah, you know school starts at 8:40 and it ends at 3 p.m. So other than that. My idea of success is not having to do anything that I don't want to do, including traveling the world, including having a huge house, because I don't know, we don't have a big house, I would rather be mortgage free. Mm-hmm. than have some huge house, even though that's some people's dream or a large, you know, I, I literally wear the same thing every day. I don't need a huge designer, uh, you know, wardrobe. I also live in a teeny city where I could probably wear something designer and no one would know the difference anyway. So what, <laughs> who cares? Um, but, you know, it's just, it's so interesting. I think it's, if you can ground yourself in what matters to you. And I'm in a mastermind and she, the, the leader of this mastermind constantly says, Forget about the vanity numbers. Forget about the followers you have and the number of people who showed up live to your webinar. You need to focus on that one person who you sold your program to. That one person who's going to feel better because you were willing to step outside of your comfort zone and maybe try something different that you were not used to doing before. That's what it's about because the only time you're going to be willing to step outside of your comfort zone is when you can focus on why you're doing it. And if that why is not strong enough, then you're going to quit. Mm-hmm. You just are. It, it, because that, I, I did a live the other day in my, in my doTERRA coaching group and said um, that famous quote from, or that idea from um, Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic, where she talks about her friend talking about eating the shit sandwich. And it doesn't matter how passionate you are about what you're doing. Everything has a shit sandwich. It's just going to be a different flavor. So maybe for us running our business, it might be the bookkeeping, or it might be um, invoicing clients or keeping up with emails or making meal plans or your website or social media. Any one of those things could be the shit sandwich. But Mm -hmm. it's, are you willing to eat it knowing that you can do exactly what you want to be doing? Nothing's ever going to be perfect. And I think yeah. the only time that you're going to give up is when your passion for what you're doing is not focused on your your real why. And that passion gets overshadowed by all the BS that comes along with running a business.
0: hmm Yeah. Yeah. You're hitting at home, sister. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm you like you I feel yeah. 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 So I guess my question would be, you know. I know I know you personally and I know you talk about this a lot that and you already kind of said that you know you are more of a homebody you're more of an introvert and you recharge a lot in that space away from people so what I'm curious about is how does someone who might have more like introverted tendencies or need to step away a little bit still grow their business and still show up even when you know like they, when they need space and time, like how do they respect that and still show up?
1: Yeah. For me, that all comes down to, I liked, I I didn't change the copy on my website, but I was writing some copy for something else one day. And I came up with the idea of systems with soul. So I feel like if we get started talking about systems and you hear a lot of people say like systematize your life, I feel like that feels very mechanical and very, almost like a computer, like almost unfeeling. Kind of like, okay, like beep, beep, boop, you know, you know, analyzing, like, I feel like that's what people can think what systematizing is. But when you're looking at creating a system, for me, I create systems in my business, because it opens up more time for me to be in whatever state I need to be in that day. So for me, I am at the heart of me, I am not happy unless I can be creating. And anyone who's visited my website or social media knows that I create all the time. I cannot not be creating new things because it just it's just part of me. I ask my husband if I'm working on something on a particular day and it's not working out and i I get to the end of the day and I don't feel like I've created something that I feel is worthy of sharing. I'm mad. Like I'm mad. And it might even just be like I made dinner. Like it might be that day I didn't create anything productive in my business, but I tried a new recipe for dinner and it was good. But if that recipe turned out turned out bad, oh, like, get out of my way. I'm just mad at the world. Um, but in order for me to get into those stages and ways that I can create, I need to take away all the rest of the distractions. So I need to take away having to be on social media all day. And I need to take away creating so much content for my website. And I need to take away replying to emails and a million messages on social media You know, I said the other day, I don't think I have that many messages that I answer on social media. And then I went back to look at one that I thought I had just answered and I was like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. This is why I feel like I'm not being productive. So really what I've done and what I've always strived to do is I love to, I I don't know if it's a worth issue or what it is, but I want to give away freely what other people would require you to pay to get. So my blog posts are like mini courses in and of themselves. And I base most of my success on the value of my blog posts. So what happens is I have blog posts. I treat those like, like I said, I give away content that some people would require you to pay for. And I always on most of my blog posts will have something called a content upgrade. And my content upgrade is just putting your name and email, and then you get the next step for that blog post. So maybe it's a blog post health wise, um, for example, one of my health ones is um, how to get rid of artificial air fresheners in your home. So I give four different things that you can do to get the toxic chemicals out. It's, you know, screwing with your breathing. It's screwing with your hormones. It's screwing with your moods. Um, and then one of those is, of course, diffusing essential oils. Well, what's the next step someone has when they read about diffusing essential oils? Well, what oils do you use? How do you use a diffuser? So the content upgrade is here's my favorite diffuser recipes with information on how to use them. But mm-hmm. give me your name and email. So then from there, it will send them through a series of emails that will teach them about essential oils. So when I'm looking at, and then ultimately leading them to hopefully if they don't have an account already, purchasing doTERRA essential oils for myself. And so when I look at everything that I do to market my business, first of all, if you are an introvert, you need to get on Pinterest. It is like the best hands-off marketing strategy you will ever do. You do not have to show wow. up live. Oh my God. If you, you need, you guys need to get on Pinterest. It is like that Pinterest sends me, I believe 50 or 60% of the traffic to my website. Like Pinterest mm-hmm. is amazing because you make one pin that leads back to your website and it can live on Pinterest and it can go viral without you even being a part of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Someone picks
1: it up. Someone shares it. Someone else shares it. Someone else shares it. Um, one of my pins has been viewed by like 20,000 different people. Because I made one image and put it on a, a blog post, right? Like very little input from me to be able to reach that brand new audience of people that i had never had access to before.
0: So I'm curious, I just want to stop you here and ask, um, if somebody doesn't have a blog on their website, could they still utilize Pinterest? You could.
1: Now for me, the main thing about you need to think about Pinterest is it's a very different type of user Than other Mm -hmm. social media sites. So Instagram is like pretty pictures, right? Like Instagram is very aspirational. Instagram is where you go to maybe get the inspiration. Pinterest is where you go. The majority of people go to shop or to look for a specific idea. You're not just Mm -hmm. going on Pinterest and just going, I'm just going to go look around Pinterest. No, you're like, I need to find a recipe for XYZ. I am looking for new furniture for my master bedroom. I'm going to make a board about that. Or I'm looking for specific for Paleo egg free recipes. That's what you search in Pinterest. You make a board with all of the good looking paleo egg free recipes. It's like the pretty Google. It's, yes, it's the pretty Google. Exactly. So when people go, like, and it's also, I was looking at the statistics yesterday for Pinterest, and I think it said that 40 or 60% of Pinterest users make over a $100,000 a year. Wow. Guess who can afford your services as a holistic nutritionist or a health coach? People who make a lot of money. Pinterest is absolutely I think being underutilized uh, because a lot of times we also get um, I think uh, almost crowded out by like the food bloggers Uh, but we're offering something very different right so you know it's Pinterest to me is the ultimate introvert marketing machine and also you can um, automate it so you can use something like Tailwind you can loop boards So you can take pins that were there, the oldest and reloop them and pin them to the top and then just keep going. It looks like you're pinning new content when you're not like amazing. Um, So I actually pay someone to do my Pinterest for me because it's that important to me. And it has brought me a ton of new leads and new email subscribers. I am a huge believer. Like, I'm sorry, but like Marie Forleo, while she has, you know, her Marie TV and all the other things that she does to market her business she still focuses on getting people onto her email list. Do you think email lists are dead? If Marie Forleo, the grandmother of online courses, Jenna Kutcher, who is has this huge online course business, do you think that they would be focusing on email marketing if it wasn't still working?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. And I even kind of reminded myself that today waking up. And again, I try not to look at followers and all of that. Like you said, the vanity numbers as... Self worth, but I was like, "Wow, how come I lost like fifty or sixty Instagram followers overnight?" That's very strange. And I looked online, and and it happened. It it was a big thing that happened where I think the the Instagram like was taking out fake accounts or spam accounts, and then all these people, like I think Kylie Jenner lost like a million followers. Yeah, I was gonna say
1: there's a girl that I follow has nutrition business, an online course business, and I just checked her the other day because she had an article in Forbes. So I checked because I was like, "Oh, I wonder if she's got new followers." So she was at fifty thousand three hundred, so fifty point three k, right? Mm-hmm. Today, because I was like, "Okay, is this going? Is this me?" And then I saw another friend post something about losing followers, and I was like, "Okay," because right away when I saw that I lost seventy followers, I am like, "I guarantee you, it's just Pinterest and they or Instagram. They do that every now and then. They just mm-hmm. will clean up the fake accounts." And I looked at this particular girl, and she was only at 491. And I was mm. like, okay, like, yeah, it sucks that I lost 70 followers, but I didn't lose thousands of followers like so other yeah, people, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. But, you're but gonna I'm gonna be able to tell to sh- Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, you're gonna be able to tell the people who paid for their followers. It will exactly. Yeah. And I'd I would rather not have people following me that are fake accounts because in the end, they're not the people that I want to be. They're not people no. more than likely, right? So no, you don't have be a with- guess what guys, you cannot
1: pay your bills with Instagram followers. Mm-hmm. You cannot pay your bills with, well, you can kind of with email subscribers if you know how to turn them into paying clients. And you're much more likely to do that with email subscribers. But like truly, you can't go into the bank and you're behind on your bills and you can't go, but like, guys, I hit like 5,000 followers on Instagram. No, they're <laughs> going to be like, you pay us with money, money. Yeah. Do you know what that is? And you're like, no, yeah. but I have all these followers. It's not worth anything unless yeah. you can convert them into customers. There's a very big difference. And well, yeah, I feel great when I have new people follow me, It's not the be all end all. I would rather have 1,500 high quality engaged followers than 10,000 people and get no likes and comments because no one's even seeing my stuff or paying attention.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think a lot of the time people forget, like you said, Marie Forleo, uh, Jenna Kutcher, like when people pop into your inbox... It's more personal. It feels like more of a, uh, a real conversation if you're doing it right. Like mm-hmm. if you're the one writing the newsletter and you're engaging people in that way. Um, I know I get personal responses all the time from people that feel like I'm writing directly to them. Yeah. You know, you have done your like-
1: job when you get people in reply and say, you were describing me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And And then they're like, oh, I'm on an email list. And then I feel really bad. Yeah, (laughs) I I know. My name was on it and everything. And you're like,
1: "Oh (laughs) isn't technology so cool? But that's the thing is like, it's not about creating a million different pieces of content. It's Mm -hmm. about creating one piece of amazingly valuable content that you then share in different ways for different platforms. So you take that blog post, you share it on Pinterest in a pin and you can have multiple pins. This is what I'm learning with this Pinterest expert is she was like, why aren't you making different d- different looking pins for the same blog post? I'm like, oh, yeah. I thought you just made one. And she's like, where is this rule book? <laughs> no, you make like five <laughs> different pins all. Po- and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Because then we can test out what colors people like. And she's like, yes. And I'm like, okay, I don't know why I didn't think of this. But mm-hmm. on Instagram, it's a very different type of caption and a different type of post. But at the same time, this is where I reuse content all the time. So whether you're making active content or not, once you've made it and it's valuable and it's timeless, you why can't you share that every month going forward? Yeah. If you have something very valuable, I just came out with a quiz. Why can't I put a post up every single week and one out of three posts is about that quiz? Because yeah. guess what? You might think that everyone's seeing the same thing over and over again from you. But what is Facebook's organic reach now? Like 2%? Mm -hmm. What is Instagram's is going to follow because Facebook owns Instagram and you're going to have to keep paying to keep being exposed to new people. So if you think you're saying the same thing over and over again, but the people are not seeing it, Mm -hmm. they'll unfollow you. And guess what? If they couldn't even see the same thing over and over again on Instagram from you, what are the chances are that they're going to buy one of your programs? Yeah.
0: They're not. And I think that's the big um, problem is that, you know, when you come out of school and you create this big program, you put all of your energy into it, you kind of put all your eggs in that basket, you post about it once, (laughs) nobody bites and you're like, holy crap, I'm a failure. Or (laughs) here's the thing that you do before that.
1: Let me save you all months and hundreds of hours of work and heartache. What you do before you even come out with your program is you test out if that's even an idea that anyone will pay for. So Mm -hmm. what you do is you put up a blog post or an Instagram, whatever you want to do, webinar. And first of all, you market it again more than once and you see if anyone's going to show up. And then what you do is you offer. Now, this is a risk, but to me, spending hundreds of hours creating something that no one is ever going to buy is more of a risk than doing this. You explain your program. And you see what people are going, if they're going to buy it by giving them a discount and saying, you're one of the first members of this. And maybe you give them 50% off or whatever it is. But mm-hmm. then at least, you know, if anyone's even going to buy it yeah. because everyone could say to you, oh my God, this is a great idea, whatever. But I'm sorry, if people are not going to open their wallets, you can have the best ideas in the world. But if mm-hmm. no one's actually going to give you money for it, again, you cannot show an email at your bank and say, but this person thought I had a good idea. Can you like skip my mortgage payment this time? No. So mm-hmm. test out your ideas using your blog, using Instagram polls. Why don't you actually send a questionnaire to your audience and say in, in so few words, what do you want from me? <laughs> what <laughs> do you here. want? And yeah. what would you be willing to pay for? And how much would you be willing to pay for that?
0: Yeah. $50 yeah, to $100,
1: exactly. $100, like ask your people.
0: Yeah. I do People get so afraid to do that. And it's really, you know, it's counterintuitive. We need to, we need to ask first and then create.
1: Well, I think because as women, we're afraid of asking, I think that Mm -hmm. comes into, you can create anything you want, but when you tie money to it, it becomes a whole other issue. That's where you become the money mindset. I don't want to feel salesy. I don't want to feel like this person can't afford me. You know what? It's not your place to tell someone what they cannot and can afford to purchase from whoever they want to. It's not. And from working at a bank for 10 years, I know that people are spending a whole bunch of money on a whole bunch of crap. Mm -hmm. When someone says they can't afford something from you, it's because you didn't show them the value. It's because your price was not worth more than their pain. So yes. it, it, it takes, um, and this takes years to develop you guys. Like if, if we're kind of throwing some truth bombs down and you're like, oh my God, I don't know anything. Um, remember like this took me 10 years and I added it up the last time I did a mini launch of my course. I have spent about $34,000 in courses, masterminds and coaches over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. 30, I could have bought a university degree, but that is my university degree. Cause guess what? I'm now making $200,000 a year. Yeah. And it catapulted me through to that, but I probably would not be making that. We all know the people that are paying $34,000 for a university degree for, let's say, one year, and they're not making $200,000 at a school. Mm -hmm. This is where, again, all of you listening, I don't want you to compare your step one to my step hundred. Just like I can't compare my step 100 to someone else's step 1,000.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's such a good point. And I think it's just a perspective shift that like when we're going down that tunnel of comparison and we're like, and then you're looking at one account and then the next account and you're like, why bother? It's like, you really have to like go back into your body, like pull yourself back and be like, you know, I I said this in another podcast, you just have to ask yourself, like, is this true? Like the way that I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing, is this a truthful thing Mm -hmm. or is it something that I'm, you know, putting too much energy in or blowing out of proportion or, you know, just really kind of confront those things that are coming up for you so that you're not kind of falling into those traps and you're, you're losing confidence because of that.
1: And this is also not an issue that is going to go away. I'm in a mastermind with people that I paid a lot of money for. And we are all six figure plus owners, business owners. So in all intents and purposes, we are quote unquote successful. And I shared something the other day. So we were talking as a group, this one girl, um, she does kind of astrology. And she's like, we were answering her question on the one mastermind. And we all kind of brainstormed together. We were like, wouldn't it be cool if you came out this XYZ offering? And then lo and behold, because you know our, our phones listen to us. I have a sponsored post on Instagram today about something very similar. And I took a screenshot of it and I shared it in the group and I tagged her on it. And I was like, look, I was like, oh my God, what we were talking about, like, obviously this is a thing that people are willing to pay for. And she said something along the lines of, well, it's already been done. So I guess Mm. I can't do it anymore. Guys, this is on the surface, a quote unquote, successfully, I've made it business owner who still thinks like that. Yeah. Like it's not, this is a muscle you're going to have to flex. And these thoughts are not going to go away every single day. When I put something out, I'm just like, oh my God, I'm being too braggy or I'm sharing too much. Or do they want that? Or like these, but you do it anyways. And Mm -hmm. when you share those things, the really vulnerable things that more than likely make you question whether or not you should have shared them. 99% of the time, those are the things that someone's going to message you and say, thank you for writing that. I am you. Thank you for making me feel like I'm not alone. Thank Mm -hmm. you for sharing that when no one else is telling us this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then that's when it makes it all worth it. All the hours that you put into it and you feel like you're putting everything out and nothing is coming back. That's what makes it worth it is you changed that person's life in that minute, big or small. You helped put them on a different path. That's huge. That is such a huge thing. Like 10 years ago we would have never been able to do that you guys like it's mm-hmm. such an amazing world we live in don't get yeah. caught up in comparing yourself to everyone else
0: yeah we real again we just need to pull ourselves back and really celebrate all of the small wins and celebrate all the big wins because I know as an entrepreneur business owner you don't necessarily have a boss saying hey good job <laughs> so you know if we're not doing that and then it's like nothing's good enough, or we're still searching for that thing that's going to make us feel fulfilled. So I love celebrating all of the smaller wins, all of the big wins, and really just feeling like, okay, I'm going to be that one to cheerlead for myself and show up for myself so that I do feel valued.
1: And getting friends like Stephanie is to me, where we'll message each other and go, oh my God, way to go. And (laughs) you know, that's worth a lot. You got to surround yourself with at least one other person who understands who's going through what you're going through as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. I 100% agree with that. All right. So I think we should probably wrap up. Um, this has been incredible. I think you've dropped, like you said, so many truth bombs for people. Um, I feel like people might need to listen to it a few times just to get all the nuggets of wisdom that you talked about. Um, and it's such a great resource now that that lives here for people to revisit. So um, right before we go, I just want you to talk a little bit about... Um, how you shifted a little bit into helping practitioners, mainly health practitioners, grow their website and why you think that's important and then just share about the resource that you've created. Absolutely.
1: So I shifted into this space because I invested a lot of money. So I invested $10,000 into a custom website in 2014. So when I was getting big online, you know, I was the be all in or you're not really doing it right. And so I was like, no, I'm going to get a custom site done. And it was beautiful and it was lovely. And then when I didn't want to talk about exactly what I was talking about at the time, which was only like a few months, like I would say 10, 12 months later, I realized I couldn't change anything. And I would have to pay someone else a minimum of $50 an hour to literally change like a paragraph. And Mm -hmm. I'm super cheap. And I was like, no, um, I'm not going to do that. And so I moved my website onto then a newer platform called Squarespace. And I loved it. I had been doing WordPress for years. It was frustrating me. When I made that change, I actually never intended to go to Squarespace. I looked at WordPress templates. There's a million out there. It was so confusing. And I was very tech savvy. I mean, I did some of my own coding at that point. And so I found Squarespace. I loved it. I realized how accessible it was. And I honestly went through a branding process myself and I loved it. Like, loved it. Like I would do branding and websites all day. If I could, I just love, I think they're the best thing ever. Um, Yeah. yeah, Like I just love making things look pretty. If I could just make things look pretty all the time, I would, but your website, I realized doesn't just have to be like a business card. Like if your website does not have an active blog, if you're not getting active email subscribers all the time, to me, it's basically a really expensive electronic business card just sits there and doesn't really do anything. Um, so for me, I have a course where I teach people, yes, the branding, yes, pick out your pretty colors and your logo and your fonts. And yes, let's set up your website. But how do you then use that website? like I've talked about, being able to use it to multiple marketing platforms to be able to use your website as your online home. So you go out and you you know meet all these people in these sexy places, like the bars like Instagram and Pinterest is like <laughs> shopping, and you meet all these friends, right? and you want to bring them home. If you want to get to know someone better, And believe me, if someone's going to spend a couple thousand dollars on your services, they want to know you better before they do that. They're not just going to click the buy now button on Instagram and pay $2,000 for you. You need to bring them home and you need to give them a sense of you. And so that's what my course is. Um, I do have, if you're like, okay, I don't even know what any of those things are, like branding and Squarespace and marketing and all that good stuff. um, You can download, I have a free brand and website checklist with all the steps that you just check them off as you follow the steps. And at the end of it, you would, in theory, have an amazing website that brought you leads every day of people wanting to pay you for your services because they're the right people and you've attracted the right audience. So you can find that at brandbuildblog.com.
0: Awesome. I know back in the day when you first started that program, I I was one of the ones that got access to it. And I was blown away by how much you give to people. Like you're such a giver, (laughs) which is amazing. And um, it's not just, you know, low quality. It's amazing quality that you give. And I know you just updated the program. So I'm certain that it is 100 times better than it probably was. And it's probably, or I can assure you all, that it's probably an incredible resource that would be well worth your time and money. Thank you for that.
1: I worked hard on that. The update almost killed me this summer. So I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad that it's being well received by so many people, especially the first generation who went through it a year or two ago. And they're just like, oh my God, the update is just, I can't even believe that this course is the priced the way it is. I very much focus on making sure that my course is probably never going to be $1,000 or $2,000. I want, I know what it's like to first start out and to not have a lot of money and to, what it feels like to invest in a course that really wasn't that good and you can't get that money back. So that's why I strive to make the resource that I do now fairly affordable for what the content is in there. I've had people literally tell me, and this makes me like so happy, say that they have purchased B-School and my course was actually better and more useful than B-School to them.
0: Wow. That's like the ultimate compliment. I couldn't even believe I- that. I was like, it is hey, a like good you. compliment. Yeah. Don't tell Marie Forleo that. I won't. No, I'm, <laughs> never,
1: I'm not trying to say I'm better than Marie Forleo. Or anyone. No one can ever be better either. than her, but applicable for our very specific niche that we are in. Cause we're not like everyone else.
0: Of course. Yeah. No, for sure. And, And it's something that's so needed and a lot of people get hung up on the website. So I will include that in the show notes. So if anyone's interested in checking out Ashley's program, the info will be included for you. And um, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you so much, Ashley. Again, you are such an incredible resource. Um, I love your spirit. I love how open and honest you are. So thank you so much for taking the time to share with us today. And I'm sure everybody will be checking you out and connecting with you on instagram aka the bar or <laughs> pinterest at the shopping mall soon and um yeah i'm really excited to hopefully chat with you again in the future to see what you can bring to our audience thank you everyone thank you steph thank you thanks for listening in if you like this episode feel free to leave us a review share the episode with a friend or take us on social media catch you next time